Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. Can you say Josh Widdicombe? Hi, Robert Josh. This is a 23-month-old called Cole Clarence saying your name. Cole Clarence? Cole Clarence. Cole Clarence? Cole, as in Ashley... Right. Clarence, as in Seedorf. Altogether a gap. Gap. I've been listening since the beginning and love that your podcast comes out on the two days I commute. I literally get excited to listen. Cole likes listening to the beginning on the way to nursery, so I thought it was about time I sent this in. My husband now makes fun of me because every time I go to tell him something to do with parenting, he says, let me guess you heard it on your podcast. Stay sexy and relatable. Sophie, 454 months old from... Colchester in Essex. Cole from Colchester. Cole from Colchester. Stephanie McIntosh, old Ashley Seedorf, the dad. What a little family. There you go. There you go. Thank you very much. Josh, a few things to discuss. You teased us on Friday about your health kick. No, it's not a health kick at all. I was just... You're on 16-8, which is what a lot of people use to lose weight. No, I'm not on 16-8. I tell you what happened is last night we had dinner as a family. We're trying to start doing dinner as a family rather than getting them down and us having dinner at 9pm. Yes. We basically got a decision between dinner at 6 and 9, neither of which are ideal, I think. Yeah, 6 is a bit early, 9 is too late. Yeah, so we had dinner at 6 last night. Yeah, what would you have? Well, we went with the kids' dinner rather than making them meet us. We had jacket potatoes. Nice. What fillings? Talk me through it as a family. All the same options? My daughter had cheese. Classic. Respect. My son had cheese and beans. Butter in there as well? Oh, yeah. Take it as red. Everyone's got butter. Sure, fine. My wife. My wife. My wife. Rose, yeah. Had cheese and beans. Nice. And I had cheese. Right. Okay. And are you putting them in the oven for two hours, kind of vibe, or microwave, then crisp up? Ovening. But cut up so they're quicker. Cut up? How do you cut up? What do you mean cut up? Halve the spuds before you oven them. I never thought about that. They do get a harder bit, but I quite like it, yeah. Okay, for it. And then okay. salad as well. And then cucumber and peppers, which is my daughter's absolute go-to for us getting as much vegetables into her as mm-hmm. possible. Because they're the two she really likes. So we're constantly feeding her cucumber and peppers. But that's good. That's a nice family dinner. Does it go well? Yeah, it did go well. I mean, my son just left and I just don't know what we could do about that. Well, he just got off the table and wandered off. Yeah. Have you thought about being more interesting? <laughs> Yeah, for the last fucking 20 years, mate, it's not got me anywhere. (laughs) He's too young. He's like, what, is he two? He's not going to sit at a table. No. Problem is, I don't want to sit at a table with loads of people. Once I finish eating, I want to get up. Thank you for bringing this up. This is a big issue between me and Rose. So we'll finish dinner when we're out. She'll still have a bit of wine left. Yeah. And I'm like, should we get the bill? I can get that, Daniel. Get home. Come on. Come on, please. How <laughs> slow are you drinking that fucking wine? Please. Or the worst is you've paid the bill yeah. and there's still a little bit of drink. I'm like, right, should we go then? And I've still got a little bit of drink. Well, fucking drink it. <laughs> you know where we can go? A place without other people in. Do you know, I get that Rose is more relaxed than me. I get that. 
I get that she enjoys that, mm. but I find it really difficult. Have you always been like that? It's got worse over the years. The first time I noticed it, I know this sounds like an old person, but I just don't think the seats are comfortable enough at tables. When people say, why do they do this? They don't get on. I've never been more on Team Josh. <laughs> Can I talk to you about stalls in pubs? <laughs> Fuck off. Perched up there like a little tennis umpire. Give me a big soft seat. Yeah. Back support, armrest, yeah. especially. I'm not going to say it, Josh. I don't want to fall out of you, but when you do go to them little hipster cafes, the seats are always cheap and shit. Yeah. And they're all rickety and they look cool, but I want a big comfy seat with armrests. Yeah. Do you know what my perfect seat would be in a restaurant? You know them chairs you only see in old age pensioner homes? Yeah, yeah. Like Fraser's dad. Yeah. And also a bit pleathery, wipe clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case we drop food, in case they shit. Yeah. Those kind of lean back, big arms. Love it. Honestly, at the moment I finish dinner, I'm like, we've got to go into the living room now. No. <gasps> when people sit there like, you go around for a dinner party and they're just sat on their wooden chairs. There's better options next door, seating-wise. I'm 40 with a terrible diet and a slight yeah. drink problem. My ass is at risk of piles at the best of times. Never mind sat on your wooden bench for three and a half hours. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad we finally got that out oh, there. I feel like we've really bonded over there. I feel there'll be a lot of people at home who feel released from a... A lie told to them by society. The in-laws is one. When you go to the in-laws and you've got to be polite because you're meeting people the first yeah. time and you're just like sort of whispering to your partner going, do I have to just sit on this chair? Can we not just sit in the yeah. sofa where it's nice? Come on. Why do we have to sit at the table and chat? Anyone like a cup of tea? No. I'd like a cushion. I mean, I know McIntyre's got material on it. But when they offer you the coffee in the fucking restaurant. <laughs> do you want a coffee? No. It's fucking 10 p.m. <laughs> I don't trust the people that have coffee that late. Has he got material about this? Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now you're accidentally on 16.8 because you've eaten so early. I was like, I finished at six, so I might as well go to 10 a.m. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Respect, actually. Yeah, I was just like, I might as well do it because I try and do it a couple of times a week because it's good for your cell renewal. Yeah, it's good to give your stomach a rest, isn't it, from processing food. So you know, it wasn't a health because you don't need to lose weight or anything. You're in good shape, Josh. I don't know, Rob. Do you know what I'm doing, Rob? Go on. What I've signed up to do. What's that? I don't know if you've seen it come up as an advert on Instagram or whether it's just because of the things I search. You know the secret diary of a chairman? What's it called? Oh, Stephen Bartlett makes you cry. Stephen Bartlett. It's not called the Dragon secret tears. diary of a chairman. It's called diary of a CEO. Stephen Bartlett gets you on, makes you cry, zooms in on your face and cuts it to make it look like a full emotional breakdown and stick it on Instagram.com. Yeah, that one. But I've listened to a couple about health. I listened to one about my gut. Yours in particular, that's quite no, niche. My that God. algorithm's good. This one's just about George Williams. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was quite rude that they started crying. <laughs> I've signed up to the Zoe diet. What's that? Is that where you wear a patch? Yeah. Because I saw loads of people with these patches on their arm on holiday, and I said, Lou, what are they? And she said, there's three options. One is like old school nicotine. Yeah. The other one is like a diabetes thing where what it does is it measures your insulin levels yeah. and updates you on an app and it can also slow release insulin to manage it so you're not having to inject. And then there's also, for those people with too much worry, too much money, too much time on their hands, that it tells them <laughs> how every bit of food they eat affects them. It's advertised by Davina McCall and she looks fucking healthy, mate. She looks great. I'd say she's always looked fit and healthy. You don't wear it forever. All right. You wear it for two weeks. And it gives you a readout of your own what your own reaction to different foods is, and then you know which foods are affecting you in which way. That's actually quite a good idea. Have you got it on? No, there's a fucking waiting list. I don't get it till October. 
A weighing list? Yeah, so every time I eat a rice cake, I think this could be fucking... I don't know. I think you'll be all right. Should I be avoiding croissants for the next month? They might be my absolute best food possible. <laughs> I love it if Zoe just went to... Just be kind to yourself, mate. <laughs> your body can take a cake. You don't need to be doing this to yourself. Just give me your pet talk. Do you know what it is? I've really tried to eat well recently for energy reasons, and it does affect it. If I eat fucking shit, I go like that. Yep, sugar kills me off. If I have loads of sugar, like you think, I'll have a bit of sugar because I've got a busy evening, whatever, you will just crash just hardcore. Crash. I think I've been doing a middle-aged dad health kick thing where, where I go and walk the dog. I walk the dog, it's like a 5K sort of route through woods. Yeah. And I've started running the first bit. Oh, yeah. I was speaking to Joe Wilkinson about it because he's lost loads of weight and running and he runs all the time. Yeah. I'm a like bull in a china shop kind of person where you, with running, you have to build up slowly. So what I've been doing is like the first sort of, it's not even probably a kilometre, it's like half a kilometre is like up this hill and then it carries on. So I've just been running up that hill and I'm doing it every time I take the dog for a walk, but I'm like not stopping, making sure, but then I'm going to try and go a little bit further each time. Yeah. And do it really slowly and stuff like that. And does the dog love it? Yeah, but it's so degrading. The whippet, it's looking at me and I'm like, <laughs> the whippet's like walking. I'm so slow that like the whippet's <laughs> like, what is this? Pathetic. <laughs> the problem I had last week, so I went on Sunday and it was busy. So like I'm trying to do it, but then there's loads of people. So I'm so slow that points, if I'm running next to a tall man, one strides three of my little runs. <laughs> so I'm like running and he's just walking normally and I'm just next to him. And it's horrible when you walk or go at the same speed as someone. So then I was going faster and then I like nearly hurt my leg because I went too fast. But I go so slow. It's I'm not a runner. I'm so heavy, Josh. It's horrible. Oh, I'm not. Oh, my feet are so heavy when they hit the ground. It's just not my thing. You're just a right real slapper. I think my knees are taking a pounding when I go running. Yeah, well, it can't be good for your knees, can it? Wait till your little Zoe armpatch tells you what to do. Oh, mate, wait until then. We need to do some correspondence, Josh, because we are well behind, unless there's anything else you want to share with the world. I've got into NFL. No, have you? Yeah. Why? Because I've become disillusioned with football. (laughs) Why? I wasn't enjoying it anymore. Yeah, but you're in the championship now, aren't you? No, I'm enjoying Plymouth, but I'm not enjoying the Premier League. Why? Just not interested in it. I'm just finding myself not checking it anymore, not knowing what's going on. Just sort of, it's got to mainstream too massive too money driven it's not like i've made a conscious moral decision i've just lost interest yeah get back to the nfl sort of grassroots who cares about the money kind of vibe <laughs> quite an eco sport isn't it nfl <laughs> but you've put my decision on me i'm just saying i think it's absolutely fine to transport almost a team of 200 across america every weekend in two giant jumbo jets one for equipment one for people just so they can play a silly little game but it's up to you mate <laughs> like what you like I'm not going to judge <laughs> who's your team have you got a team yeah Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> why are they called the Bengals is that all loud I don't know I haven't looked into it okay bought a hat though you bought a hat so why do you like the Cincinnati Bengals because I like the helmets <laughs> <laughs> they've got stripy helmets they've got stripy helmets right he sounds like a sitcom character trying to get laughs away we talk about NFL Logo and uniform, why are they called the Bengals? They were modelled on the Cleveland Browns. Why are they called the Bengals? Well, we lost to the Cleveland Browns yesterday. We? Yeah. You're a Bengal, are you? I am. We. It didn't take long, did it? No. You pick teams with just such shit nicknames. What do you mean? What's Plymouth's? The Pilgrims. Yeah, come on. The Cheese? 
What? The cheese? Oh, Pilgrim's Choice. Yeah. Who's your NFL team? I haven't got one. Well, Eagles, because I went and watched them, but I don't really care. Why are the Bengals called the Bengals? I don't think anyone cares. This no, no one cares. Certainly not our listeners. Should we do some correspondence? The most popular answer involves a Cincinnati beer from the Hudapol Brewing Company. What is worth those commercials? Right, we've gone off for one. Let's do some correspondence, right? Yeah. I'll go first. Say stop. Stop. WhatsApp message fail. That's my scene. Oh, that's a bit of you. Please keep me anonymous. I'm currently a dad to a 20-month-old boy, and our second, a girl, is on the way. I can totally relate to Josh as I spend hours a day in the local park running my boy to tire him out, though it never seems to work. I have been taking him swimming since he was three months old. As always, there's a WhatsApp group for everything nowadays, including this swimming group. A few weeks ago, a new child started in our class. Oh, no. With a very attractive mum. Oh, here we go. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I've got a bit of a toxic email that we No, are... I don't mean toxic. I'm just imagining the WhatsApp fail. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh this is horrible. <laughs> we got chatting one week, and she mentioned that other mums had told her about the WhatsApp group, but had not added her on. I stepped up, as you would expect, and took her number and said I'd add her, but could not for the life of me remember her name. Oh. Instead of the embarrassment of admitting this, I saved her as my, in my phone as fit swimming mum. Now, I should admit, I'm not very savvy with WhatsApp admin (laughs) features. Big fat thumbs. Sometimes when I see like blokes that aren't very sort of, they're plumbers or something like that, we don't need to be on top of tech. Sometimes I ask them to put a number in their phone and it's like I've given the phone to a chimpanzee. (laughs) It's like these big, thick, callous thumbs just like pounded into the phone. I don't get how you're, if you are manly, your thumbs get bigger. I know. Why are their thumbs so big? They're just working with their hands all day. Their fingers just get thicker. It's mad. Is it all just calloused skin? I don't know. But my dad used to be a lorry driver and stuff like that. And he used to do the petrol. So he used to get all the big tubes and stuff. So he was using his hands. But his fingers are still massive. He's not well for 10 years. All he does is put Netflix on. Yeah, well, have you got big, thick, working thumbs? Email in. Why have you got them? <laughs> have your hands and fingers and thumbs got bigger over the years of working with them if you're a tradesperson or a builder? Let us know about your fingers and thumbs. Yeah, let us know. I think mine are getting smaller. Now, I should admit, I'm not savvy with WhatsApp admin features, so I couldn't quite figure out how to add her to the group. In my eagerness to impress her, I pressed the plus button next to... Is this man married or is he single parent? That's why he wants to be anonymous. Yeah. Dirty dog. Oh, no, no, he's got my wife. Oh. It comes up later on. Oh, no. In my eagerness to impress her. The one so he wants to be anonymous. I pressed the plus button next to the text bar and saw an option of contact. Assuming this would add her to the group, I selected her number. To my horror, when I pressed send, it did not add her to the group. <laughs> Do you know what it did? Did it share the contact with the group? Yeah. Oh, no. It shared a contact card with the title Fit Swimming <laughs> for everyone to see. What you do is you delete that group, you leave it, you delete it, and your kid never goes back to that swimming pool. <laughs> to make things worse, my wife is also in the group. <gasps> oh, in my <laughs> eagerness to impress her is what worried me there. So I had some explaining to do. I told her it must have auto-corrected from New Swimming Mum. Oh, but she was having none of it. (laughs) (laughs) New swimming mum. New. Not nude. New. New. Needless to say, it was a few embarrassing weeks at swimming lessons until the teacher fell into the pool fully closed and the group went into overdrive talking about this. Nice. Hopefully my misdemeanour has now been forgotten about. 
Thank you for the podcast to being sexy and relatable, although not as sexy as this mum. <laughs> There's an absolute <laughs> red flag, this guy. <laughs> he wants to get red flag tattooed on his forehead. No, not as sexy as this mum with two exclamation marks. <laughs> he loves this mum. But also, he's talking about it the same way as a naughty schoolboy would about a teacher. Yeah. This unobtainable sexy mum that's involved. Oh, I enjoyed that. I do notice about mums and dads at school gates where you see them when they've got like a two-year-old and then like a four or five-year-old that's starting and they look like people that have just survived some sort of like earthquake where they're like hairs all over the place, clothes are all done. And then like about two years later, once both kids are in school and they're a bit more together, I'm like, who are those two? Lou go, they've been here all this time. I went, no, they haven't. And they'll go, that's so... I go, fucking hell, they scrub up all right, don't they, when they're not being dragged <laughs> through the trenches by a toddler. <laughs> Lou got distracted by the fit dad at the school pickup Did before, she? isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She went all coy. He was fit, though, to be fair. Do you want some sports day pedants? Yeah. Hi, Rob and Josh. You talked recently about changes to primary school sports days. My son just finished at year six, and so we're all looking forward to the final sports day. The highlight is often the sprints race, where the fastest boys and girls race against each other in their year groups. We were disappointed to find this missing from the programme and a relay race in its place. When we asked our son about it later, he had questioned his teacher about it and why there were no sprint races. She replied it was because last year, several parents had emailed in to complain that the wrong child had won the sprint race, even going as far as to provide photographic evidence of the finish line. No. RIP the sprint race. Keep up the good work. I've been listening since 2020, Caroline and Kent. Imagine that the thing is, Josh, in life, most people are awful. And most <laughs> people are parents. They will be there. It's just like a workplace. There's people there you get on with, there's people you don't, there's people you've got no opinion on. Same with people at school. What percentage of people do you dislike, do you think, Rob? In the world? In the UK. You know what? I don't think it's that high. Do you know what it is? The bad ones are vocal. Yeah, yeah. Because the nice, polite people, if I bump into them in the street and stuff like that, hello, you're right, because they're polite and they're chilled. Yeah. They've got their head together. They're just floating along, enjoying life. It's the ones that are fucked up that I attract. It's like a moth yeah, yeah. to a flame. Did I show you the photo of the bloke who... So I was in a pub watching the boxing. Yeah. And people coming up to chat to me wanting photos, which was fine. But like when the actual boxing's on... I'm like, yeah, I'll have a photo, but I'm sort of watching the box. It was like the Eubank Smith. So I'm like watching it. And it's not like football. In boxing, you've got to watch it nonstop because at any moment it can be the moment. Yeah. Whereas in football, if they're in the middle of the park or it's a free kick. So I'm like, yeah. And they're like, sorry, mate, you're not really looking at the picture. I went, yeah, but I'm just trying to watch the boxing as well. Like, I don't want to miss the – because you're being a bit rude, actually. I went, well, yeah. I am actually in here watching the boxing. And the longest you have to wait is three minutes in between rounds. And then we're in. Then we could do a full minute of photos yeah. on yours. I can do whatever you want. This bloke. <laughs> I've never, I mean, I don't think we could put this picture on Instagram, but I've never seen a man so drunk in my life wanting a picture. I didn't understand a word he said, but he was with me and screaming at me. Oh, my God. Oh you can see God. the boxing on in the background. Look how pumped up that guy is. Oh, my God. Now, that man is on a night out. That's not the face I'm looking at. The face I'm looking at is, look how scared you are. <laughs> petrified. Absolutely petrified, Rob. You're looking good. 
But, I mean, in comparison... Well, mate, compared, that guy is absolutely battered, shouting in my face, you're being rude because you're not looking at my camera. As he, like, so drunk. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Make a photo I think also you do attract people like that, Rob. Two if I was in a pub in Central London. Also, he will be at a sports day one day, that guy. Yeah. People do see their kids as an extension of them. Yeah. And if they don't do well, they feel like they're not doing well. Your definition of well, who cares who wins PE Sports Day? Oh, who gives a flying ass? Who gives a shit? I was at Sports Day once and I was like, oh, well done. Thumbs up and said to my daughter, well done, that was good. And someone said, oh, what, did she win? I was like, no, she just did it. I mean, like, yeah. the implication of that is you only give them a thumbs up when they win. Yeah. Was it a pat on the head? One of them parents who don't cuddle their kids. I'd say enjoy paying for years and years of therapy. Hi, Rob, Josh and Michael. It's some work experience stuff. When I was 15, we talked about work experience a few weeks ago, hence yeah. why these are coming in. When I was 15, like many other in my year at school, I applied for work experience. was absolutely delighted to be spending two weeks in a veterinary surgery in Chelmsford. Oh, I've got to go to the vet later, Rob. I've got to take the cat in for a checkup. Beryl's kidneys again. No, it's Eddie. Eddie? What's wrong with Eddie? Well, the other one looks exactly like Beryl. All right. This is the problem, Rob. I can't really tell the difference. I'm only going to be about 80, 20 that I'm taking the right cat in. <laughs> Would Rose know? Yeah, Rose knows every single time. So why doesn't Rose point the Because Rose in Cornwall. Right. I've got to catch the cat. So what, are you and Rose ever actually at the house at the same time anymore? Have you split up? I said this yesterday. <laughs> every time I speak to you, you've just come home and she just left. <laughs> this is a sentence I never thought I'd say. Go on. I said... I'm not saying this in a bad way, but we almost haven't got a relationship anymore. <laughs> what did you say, in a good way? But what I meant was the last two weeks of summer holiday were just extreme parenting and we were never together without the kids. Especially because your kids do different things because they're different ages kind of thing. Yeah. And then the whole of September, I'm working or she's away working Cornwall or there's just never a moment when there's just the two of us. Mm. But it's fine. You like that? No. No, I didn't say that. I just think you've just got to accept this is the path for the next month and then get back to normal. Right. And what happens if when you go back to normal, you don't like it as much as the last month? I can honestly say, Rob, Yeah. if my next month is as bad as September then my life needs some serious questions because September is a tough old month. Yeah. To give you an idea how much I want to be home, mm. how little amount of time at home and how I'm trying to see as much of my kids as possible. Yeah. We finished filming in Cumbria at 10.30 next Saturday in the evening. <laughs> and I've asked to get a car home, which will arrive home at 5.30 in the morning. I don't think that's a good idea. It is. <laughs> Because otherwise I lose the Sunday to travel and on mm. Monday I'm doing pointless. So it's like, I just want some time with my family. Will you be able to sleep in the car? Yeah. Got my pillow. All right. Okay. So if you can sleep then, yeah, yeah. that'll be all right. But it's just if you can sleep or not, isn't it? Yeah, I'll be fine. That poor driver. Yeah, but that's... He's taken that job. I'm not just getting someone from production to drive me. Like, it's someone who's a night driver. Yeah, this runner. He's 16, but he's all right. He's not passed his test, but we'll put the plates on. 
Anyway, I've got to go to the vet. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. After this, I've got to hope the cats are still in the house and in prison the right one. But what's Eddie in for? Rose thinks she's a bit peaky. What's that mean? She's a bit thin and she's not being herself. <laughs> but enough about Rose. <laughs> so, but surely, if the cat's peaky enough to go to the vets, you'll be able to tell which one's which. Yeah, I can't tell she's peaky. <laughs> yeah, then I'd argue she's not peaky enough. I can't tell which one's which, Rob. I'm not a good judge. Yeah, no, but surely you should be able to tell which one's healthy, which one's not healthy. That warrants a vet visit. Oh. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if one's ill enough to go to the vets, you'll know. Yeah, it's a checkup. Right. <laughs> I think at the moment, you need more of a checkup than the cat. <laughs> You're not far off. <laughs> it's only around the corner, though, the vets, isn't it? It's in Wanstead. Yeah, but the problem is, if you take Beryl that isn't peaky... No, I'm not going to take Beryl. I tell you how I can tell the difference. Yeah. Because Beryl's operation, I can feel under her and I can feel her. Huh? There's a big scarring thing. Right. And Eddie's got a cock. No, they're both girls. But she's called Eddie. Uh, yeah, from Abfab. Right, okay. E-D-I-E. It's difficult. When your cat doesn't write it down, it's hard to tell. And they do that funny thing where they give them your surname in the vets. So that's Eddie Widdicombe. They'll go, are you calling about Beryl Widdicombe? And you're like, that is funny. <laughs> No, actually, it's Eddie. She looks a bit peaky. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. When I was 15, two weeks at veterinary surgery in Chelmsford, I was interested in becoming a vet and loved animals, so even though it took me about an hour and a half to get there, I was over the moon. I thought I'd be walking dogs. (laughs) Sorry, I've just started this correspondence about 10 minutes ago. We've gone on a journey of your cats (laughs) and your current relationship status. (laughs) (laughs) We've just sort of gone. Right. Back to Chelmsford Vets. Sorry, it's making me laugh. You're all right, though, aren't you? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm totally fine. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd be walking. <laughs> for, for the purposes of the audio, list, uh, Josh did that thing where you put your hand out and wobble it slightly, you know, the little yeah, yeah. give and go. But I'm looking forward to chatting to you after you come back from Cumbria. Are we not doing one when you're doing pointless then? Next Monday, yeah, I'm doing parenting hell, and then I've got a doctor's appointment. Yeah. And then I've got a meeting. Then pointless late that week. After the Cumbria adventure. Pointless. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> and then on Friday, I'm doing the voiceover for a children's TV show. <laughs> and this is my week off. My one week off of five from filming. Oh, so that's the week off from filming? Yeah. You're going to be filming? Yeah. You're going to be the saddest voice. You're going to have to really put some effort in for I'm that I'm doing voice. two voiceovers in one day. You're going to have to really ramp it up, mate. Let me you- take you through next week, Rob. <laughs> Go on. 9am till midday, Parenting Hell Monday. Yep. Doctors 2pm, meeting in town 2 till 4. Pointless. With the doctor, is that? Or after the doctor? After the doctor. Right, okay. 2.30 maybe. Yeah. It just says after the doctor. Sure, it's not the dentist? Really nice. Really (laughs) good stuff. Thank you. Pointless. 10am till 6.45. Yep. Pointless. 10.30 till 7.15. Yep. Pointless. 10.30. To 7.15, I've got parenting held to be confirmed one hour at 9am. I'm not sure I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Live cancellation, guys. Live cancellation. <laughs> Have we got anyone in for that day, Michael? Here you go. It's been cleared already, that one. <laughs> Look at you getting your week back already. Yeah. Friday, voiceover for 
CBeebies show. I'm doing the voice of a character. Exciting, isn't oh, it? He's excited. Can we say which show? Yeah, it's called Big Lizard. <laughs> Big Lizard. I'm very excited. It's fun to do. It's weird, though, because that's the nickname of your penis as well, isn't it? It is. It's, it is. And the afternoon, I'm doing a voiceover for an Acaster podcast thing. Right. James Acaster. James Acaster. So that's going to be an intense week. And then you can see the kids at the weekend. Saturday, see the kids. I'll see the kids in the evenings and in the mornings. Yeah, when you get back for pointless at 8pm. I mean, that's just having a job, isn't it, Monday to Friday, really? Yeah, you've just got a job there. Basically, you're just not seeing the kids as much. Yeah. And then the Sunday, I uh, go to a birthday party. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. I thought I'd be walking dogs who came in for operations, cuddling kittens, making endless cups of tea and coffee for the vets, feeding the animals and maybe even cleaning out the kennels. It's work experience in Chelmsford's vet, yeah? Yeah. Back to that. Yeah. What followed was very different and a lot more hands-on than what I anticipated. My first day in the job started <laughs> with observing a vet expressing a Labrador's anal glands. Oh, they're big boys as well, Labradors. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, she missed the trajectory of where the contents would go and it ended up in my hair. Oh, my God. What the fuck's an anal gland and what's in it? I don't know. I don't want to Google it, though. At lunch, I made tea for everyone, standard work experience stuff, and then stood in the corner of an operating theatre and watched while a dog was castrated. Oh, my God. At 15. It was way more graphic than I first thought and I almost passed out. Do not Google dog anal gland, by the way. No. In my second week, the Vex asked if I would mind being there while an elderly cat was put down. <laughs> Fucking hell. What's she in for? She looks a bit peaky. <laughs> She'd come in as a straight and I'd spent a lot of time fussing over her in my first week. Oh my God, she was really unwell and didn't have an owner, so I held her while she went to sleep. <laughs> Fucking hell. Is she a vet now? This as brutal. As it sounds, I learned so much from being up close to procedures and the reality of what goes on in a veterinary surgery. The vets and nurses were so lovely, and though I loved it, I didn't end up being in a vet. I actually work in elderly care now. All right. Stay sexy and relatable. Best wishes, Sinead, High Wycombe, formerly Romford. i tell you what, though. I'd say that squeezing the anal glands of a dog mm. isn't what gets you into being a vet. It's something you put up with to be there. They've almost, like, hazed her there, haven't they? Given yeah. her the most difficult... What's the comedy equivalent of anal glands on a dog? Leaving Cumbria at 10.30pm. <laughs> what am I doing? I just want Sunday. I just want Sunday. No, you're getting it, boy. You're getting it from 5.30am on no sleep. Oh, fuck. Hi, Rob and Josh. Following on from my work, the work experience chat, I had to email you to tell you about a former student of mine yeah. who had an awful first day on a work placement. We managed to get her on a local pet shop, which she was excited about. However, she was very nervous about making the phone call to introduce herself before going. So I'm not 100% sure she actually made the call. If so, then what happened could be considered a little bit her fault. She went in on the first day and there was a bit of confusion about who was supervising her. But she was told to go into a room to help one of the staff members. What we didn't know was that Pet Shop was attached to a vet's. And the girl had been mistaken for a student vet nurse. She's done a guy goma. <laughs> oh, that the driver that got mistaken the driver, as the interview yeah. on BBC. He's suing the BBC, isn't he? Is he? For like money that they've earned from that clip. Oh. You know, it was that guy that went yeah. into the news guy and they goma. started interviewing. <laughs> that guy, Guy Goma. Hang on, let me. He'll sue for royalties. 
Guy Gomer went to BBC for a job interview, wasn't the driver actually, in 2006, ended up on air when he was mistaken for an IT expert. <laughs> it was so good, his little cheeky smile. <laughs> job interview, must have, this is heavy, isn't it? They're filming it. <laughs> yeah, so he's suing for royalties. Fair enough, it is a classic clip. Also as well, the guy he <laughs> that he went in, have you ever seen what the guy looks like? That he, no. The other person was called Guy. Oh, was and it? his name was... Guy Cuny, uh-huh. and I was expecting maybe it was a another black guy. There's a bit of casual racism, but no, the whitest man that ever lived. There he is, <laughs> white man for beard. Oh, both called Guy. God, I bet that researcher got a fucking. I mean, that's a long time ago. They might be working quite high up TV now at the moment. If you are that researcher, do get in touch. Yeah, if you are the person that put Guy Gomer on air. Yeah, we'd love to talk to you. But there is a legal case pending, so I might want to wait. But <laughs> to a Zoom from the Crown Court. <laughs> we didn't know that there was a pet shop was attached to the vet and the girl had been mistaken for a student vet nurse. She walked into the operating theatre as a vet, was castrating a dog, and she fainted shortly after entering. Would you faint? Yeah, I would if I thought I was going out to get some more cat litter to put on a shelf. I <laughs> walked. <laughs> If you told me a dog was getting castrated, I think I'd get ready for it. But if I yeah. thought I was walking into a stock cupboard and I saw <laughs> there that. There was a dog having his balls cut off. Also, always depends on the dog. Yeah. Because there's some dogs and it looks like a little hamster's having it done. But there's some dogs where he looks like a hairy man's getting his knob cut off. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's balls, but you know what I mean. Cheers for the laughs. They're very much needed in the middle of the night when my one-year-old screams the house down because she's having a difficult poop. Thanks, Kate, from Hyde. That's the reason I'm not a big fan of Labradors, is they've got like a big, thick knob that's wobbling about when they're on dog walks. It's horrible. And it sort of angles down like a sort of plough. <laughs> but if you had a little farm, you could drag it along. Yeah. And plough the field. Right, do you want me to read one out? Yeah, why This not? is a bit of a parenting tip, this one. Oh, yeah, hit me. Parenting hack. Ooh. Hi, Rob and Josh. In recent episode, you asked for parenting hacks, and I felt I had to write in and share, as I honestly think this is the best thing I've ever come up with in my parenting career. Ooh. I have a six-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. Perfect for you, Josh, this. A few years ago, I used to dread taking my then three-year-old to the shops as she would inevitably have a meltdown when I wouldn't buy the endless items that she fell in love with in each shop. My tip is buy all the items. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Buy all the items, don't worry about it. My youngest always wants a teddy, even now she wants a teddy. Yeah, it's mad. It's like it's mad. even at a, the service station with them rubbish ones, she just picks yeah. it up and goes, it does made it. Anyway, this lady here, she said, that's when the list was born. I started telling her that although we wouldn't buy each item today, she could put it on the list. Is it a Christmas birthday good behavior list, I hear you ask? Well, it's all of them and none of them at once. I've never been specific and it's all stored in my head. It worked an absolute treat. And ever since, when she sees something she likes, she asks, can it go on the list? And when I say yes, she fist pumps the air with glee. We have not had a single tantrum about not buying something since. Occasionally, she tries to test me to see if it's really all stored in my head. But as she adds so many things to it each time we go out, all I have to do is reel off a few random toys and she's convinced and she can't remember what's on it either. Every now and then, she'll put something extra special right at the top of the list. And I do actually make a note of the item for birthdays, etc. This is great stuff. This is from Danielle. Yeah, this is really good. And she said, now that she's a bit older, I've also extended the concept. When I want her to do something she's reluctant to do, and I have to do the inevitable warning, one, two, three, 
and I can get to three, something gets taken off the list. Oh. I don't say what item comes off it, though, so she's always terrified it'll be something she really wants, so does what I'm asking straight away. This is unbelievable. This is like Bitcoin. It's sort of like money that doesn't exist. <laughs> it's sort of like, this is beyond. Like, this is actually hard to get my head around. I hope this might help other parents struggling with embarrassing shopping meltdowns. It's been a game changer. So the list. Can I get this? I'll put it on the list. Yeah. So for when you've got pocket money or birthday, that's great. Good work, Danielle. I really like the list. Are you going to try the list? I'm going to try the list. I think I might try the list, yeah. I'll talk to Rose when I see her in about four weeks. Well... <laughs> What's on your list? Speaking to my wife. Just seeing my wife. Seeing my wife. We had a cup of tea in the garden while both of them watched Peppa Pig. Yep. And I was so happy. Yeah. I was like, this is living. This is being married. And I reckon it lasted 15 minutes. Yeah, well, I had to go down to, I didn't have to, it was a lovely visit of Lucy Extended Family. <laughs> we know we drove down to Portsmouth for the day yeah. for her nan's birthday. Two and a half hours there, really bad traffic. Two and a half hours back. Was there for a few hours. It's five to six hours of driving. Yeah. We get back. I'm trying to shove some food in and then because I'm going to go and play football that night. So I've already done six hours of driving that day. I'd eaten and like stood up in the kitchen because I needed to eat something before I went so it wasn't too close to playing. And I sat down. I went, I'm just going to sit down for 10 minutes to let my food go down. And then I'm going to go and get my stuff on and go and play football. I lasted five minutes before a kid cried. That is mental, isn't it? <laughs> You should be able to do 10 minutes. I mean, I'd sat down all day driving, but yeah. well, you, that's nice. We can have a cup of tea with Rose in, in a month. Yeah, I look forward to that. By the way, we've got chairs for our garden and they're having to slowly, Rose is getting annoyed and rightly so because Rose bought me and my daughter tomato seeds because we like to garden together for Christmas. I've done too many tomato plants for all. So it's going crazy. Our garden's gone fucking mental. So you just said you garden seats, though. Do you remember that garden chair that got delivered? How can we forget? Well, it's slowly moving further and further down the garden as the tomato plants overtake the patio. Right, okay. And is it a nice chair? Do you like the chair? Yeah, I do like the chairs, yeah. Have you replaced a kettle yet? Should we do one more email? <laughs> Why haven't you replaced a kettle, Josh? Because I haven't got round to it. Wrong. <laughs> round to it! <laughs> Fifteen seconds. On the internet, I reckon. You could order a kettle in the time it takes for you to say, hello, welcome to Parenting Hill. Yeah, I could. I could. All right, one more, and we'll do small business. Here we go. Yeah. Parenting Fail. Hi, Robin Josh. Love your podcast. As always, thank you for being so sexy and unrelatable. I recently got married, and we have an 11-month-old son who we took on our honeymoon in Skiathos, Greece. Skiathos? Our son ran riot for the entire holiday. He started walking at nine months. Yep, happened to me. Absolute carnage. Deadly. They've got no idea what they're doing. But has no sense of danger and just wants to climb and explore everywhere. He also refuses to sit in a high chair for any meal and prefers us to chase him with a spoon, which isn't the best restaurant etiquette. Again, I can't repeat this enough. Don't bother having a holiday until your youngest is four years old. Put the money in a savings account and have an amazing holiday then. The rest of the time is awful. Now, while we were booked an island-hopping cruise for the day, I was a little nervous as it was 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and our son isn't good at napping when out. However, I thought I might be able to get him down when sailing to another island in a quiet corner of the boat. You fucking lunatic. Who is this queen of positivity? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll just get him to nap on the boat. I realised I'd made an error when as soon as we left the dock, they started handing out free shots and the music started blasting Avatar. <laughs> It turns out we had accidentally taken our baby to a boat party. The trip ran late and we were stuck on the boat till 8pm. 
with a very tired and grumpy baby that kept trying to climb off the sides. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Megan, Jordan, Arlo. Genuinely, do little mini breaks in the UK, but don't fly anywhere. Don't waste your money until the youngest is four. It feels like a million miles away, but it's not relaxing, is it, Josh? No. It's not a holiday. No, it's not. Unlike Whitstable. Right. Are you going uh, three years in a row, Whitstable? We haven't talked about it, but that's because we haven't talked to each other. <laughs> not because we've fallen out. Do you- <laughs> Chance will be a fine thing. You need to talk to someone to fall out with them. <clears throat> Just never see her. Just always at work with that new bloke she works with. <laughs> right, the small business shouts. Also, can we say thank you so much? Because we don't really thank the listeners. Thank you so much for supporting these small businesses. Yeah. Loads of people commenting that, you know, these big companies we all buy things off, like they couldn't care less, they're worth billions. But these companies that we promote on here that you guys are engaging with, booking or ordering stuff from, it genuinely makes a massive difference to their year and their future. So thank you so much for supporting them. We really do appreciate it. I've got a couple more here. Do you want to go first, Josh, or should yes. I? Yes. Hi, Rob, Josh, Michael. I hope this email finds you well, sexy, and relatable. I'd be super grateful for a pretty stiff neck small business shout out. Well, I'm your man. I own a small online business called Love Ethical, pronounced Love Ethical. <laughs> There's only one E, so the E is it's one word L O V E T H I C A L. Selling vegan and cruelty free beauty products and toiletries. Customers can also filter the products lifted by other ethical values too, such as plastic-free packaging, palm oil-free, oh, yeah. and companies that donate to charity, etc. Big up the orangutans. Big up the orangutans. My website is www.loveethical.com. People can find me on Insta at loveethical underscore official. Thanks so much for the opportunity. I run the business by myself alongside my nine-to-five, so any exposure would be amazing. Esther. A lot of people asked me about the Bouncy Castle ad the other day, which I paid for, no freebies, and I forgot the name of them, I guessed it, but this is a small business shout out for them. Jumping Jack's Bouncy Castles was first established in 1987. The previous owner decided to sell the company. It was during COVID, and Emma and I were both in jobs when we were constantly having to self-furlough. So we took the jump, no pun intended, and sold our house in the country to move back to Bromley to where it all started. We bought the company with just over 50 castles, some soft play, two staff members, and a van. Two years on, we have doubled our stock to 100 inflatables, lots more soft play and garden games. We now have 15 members of staff and four vans. Recently, we also invested in our very own burger van for our events and to hire to schools, festivals and parties. As a family-run business, we pride ourselves on health and safety and cleanliness. All we want is for our clients to be happy with our services and make sure that kids and adults are safe on all our inflatables. We've been building all this whilst parenting our three-year-old twins, Neve and George. We are based in Bromley, but cover Kent, Surrey, South East, South West London. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or our website, jumpingjacksbouncycastles.co.uk. That's Emma and Robert Kavanagh. Um, yeah, they were, they were really good as well. Lured booked them. I had no involvement whatsoever, but yeah, it's very clean, which some bouncy castles we've had in the past, they look like a crime scene. So big up, Jumping Jacks, little family business. There we go. Right, Josh, I'll see you. On Friday Thursday, for another Friday, guest. Friday, big one. Friday, the big <laughs> one. Thursday, just <laughs> see you on Friday, Rob, for the absolute biggest guest you've ever had. Would you say you speak to me more than Rose? I don't know how much Rose speaks to you. Hey, oh, there he is. Fun. Here he is. Pointless won't know. We'll see it. No, a man asleep at a desk. Bye. 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 